Welcome to my cozy crypt. Welcome to the Crypt Keeper's Coffin, a Tales from the Crypt Retrospective, brought to you by Bat and Spider. Episode 32, Easel Kill Ya! My God! <laughs> Welcome, boils and ghouls, to the Crypt Keeper's Coffin, episode thirty-two, on our long journey of watching every single episode. Boy, oh boy! Welcome, Dale. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm Chuck, and my co-host is Dale. Uh, every week, it, uh, always the same. Um, and this week we're talking about um, Easel Kill You, Dale. You excited? I'm excited. Ease will kill you. Tim Roth, pre-Planet of the Apes. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Roth, pre, obviously. Pre-Pulp Fiction, right? Yeah. Sure. Uh, pre, yeah, pre-everything, really. Yeah. Dale, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what this episode's about like you didn't watch it, okay? Yeah, please. Jack Craig is a painter, like, uh, the kind of, like an artist painter, not like a house painter. And he's trying to stay sober, and he's trying to make some money to pay those bills. But when he paints a portrait of a, of a man he accidentally killed, he catches the eye of a wealthy patron who is obsessed with the morbid work. Will the temptation of this new money and fame force our painter to keep killing for art? Let's find out together, Dale. A beauty. Who directed this? I, I keep meaning to look it up. The director, uh, John, Har- John Harrison. He did... Um... Did a lot of TV. Oh yeah, he did the uh, the Dune miniseries. Uh, oh yeah, he did a lot of Tales from the Dark Side, Earth Two. Was that a um, syndicated series, Earth Two? Yeah, wasn't it? Um, I think it was. I think it had. Wasn't it Gene Roddenberry? Like, yeah, some, like, maybe leftover idea he had. I, I I I never watched. it. I remember the commercials though. Like, it was like a they were trying to make it a big deal. Earth Two. Yeah. Yes. God. Um, just take me back to the 90s, please. I know. TV was just garbage, right? I, lo- I miss that. <laughs> yeah. Because now everyone's like, oh, TV's so great. It's better than movies. Whereas, like, I don't really agree with that, but I understand, the, the, you know, why they're saying that. But mm-hmm. I know. Take me back. I promise I will watch, watch Earth 2. I, if, <sighs> if I were to, yeah. Yeah. If I could go back. Dale, I like this one. I really like this one. Um, yeah, me too. And man, Chuck. I th- I think it's when you get a Tim Roth and a William Atherton in the room, like whatever whatever script they're reading from, like Tim Roth is not he's not phoning anything. Like he is Tim Roth. Like he's gonna. I feel like a- anytime he's in anything, like I'm like yeah, God, he's 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 taking this seriously. 
you know, more seriously than everyone else around him. And he's given mm-hmm. his, his all. And he does that in this. Like, I, I was like, I at the end of it, I was like, man, it, I kind of wished it wasn't a Tales from the Crypt episode and it was just a full movie. Because I, I kind of was like really into these characters and the implication of everything here. Even though, I mean, it's it's a silly idea, but I think that's what happens when you get someone like Tim Roth. Like, he, he can just pull it off. And it, it's, you know... You know, the idea of an artist killing to like make art, like it's, I feel like mm-hmm. I've seen that many times, but, but I was, I was just right there with them. Like, I was like, yeah, give me this. <laughs> yeah. And I, what I really liked was when he, before he actually did it, he, um, he talked about his impulses. Yeah. Like, you know, so there was this, this level of seriousness and honesty that he was had because he had concern that he was, you know, kind of trying to fight back this demon that was deep down inside of him. Yeah. So he brought it out to the people he trusts in his AA meeting. And um, at first, I wasn't quite paying attention at first. And I was like, is this a meeting where people are honest about the killing <laughs> dreams that they've had? Like the waking I, dreams? <laughs> I was a little curious about what, uh, I mean, thank God I've never had to go to an AA meeting. But like, is it like, I mean, there must be like a, there's like a privacy, like a, an under, understood thing that what you say in there stays there. And it, you know, I mean, there has to be a level of trust for you to even get yeah. in there. Um, but people yeah. talk about when they dream about or daydream about murdering people. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a new level because yeah. there was, there were 25 people in that room. Yeah. Cause, and it's like, is one of them like, geez, should I go to the police or something? Like, should <laughs> yeah. I tell an authority that this guy was right? you know, tempted. I know that lady. That yeah, I know about. that. She's my, <laughs> she, that's my aunt. I think he's talking about. He was <laughs> yeah. describing yeah. embedding a hammer into her head to a room of 25 people. <laughs> <laughs> and aside from the, you know, I, I could see the twist ending from a mile away. Yeah. You know, it was so clear, but every, I, I mean, it was a great episode because of the way he handled himself in these moments of terror for the other person, mm-hmm. but he, he was just so in control and so confident in the fact that, especially with the landlady, it was funny at first. Cause he, she yeah. implies, she's like, I got to carry all this down these slippery <laughs> stairs. I might die. And he's like, do you need some help? And then the next scene is her getting pushed down the sh- stairs. There's that, no like fake attempting to help that, her. That was such a good cut. I was so happy when they, just did that and they didn't yeah they just cut to her falling down the stairs and there was no yeah that was the editing choice was supreme yeah it was great you know and then he takes his pictures of her to get points of reference for his painting and then she's still alive (laughs) and she reaches out to choke him and then he takes a polaroid of her choking Uh, him that was like man i am sold i am sold on this yeah so hard and then like i kind of i and i like the decision they made like that, that was to be, that death was to be a second painting, but he didn't like, like the first one was just a literal like portrait of the guy who, his neighbor who fell off the balcony onto the concrete. But this one, he like painted this sort of like horrifying, like open chest, like rib cage thing with the, uh, with the garden shears coming through. Yeah. I was like, oh, wow. Like that, that was yeah. kind of a, like he didn't just do another portrait. Like he was like kind of getting was, into it. There was a part of yeah. him. Yeah. 
yeah, that was a nice touch because it showed like he was exploring his creativity and his impulses to yeah. paint the macabre, you know? It just wasn't like painting the dead body in front of him. Yeah. And, and I, William Atherton was eating that up. Oh. I mean, he was all about it. His ability to interpret the horror of the world through the darkness of his own soul. You have some of that darkness, don't you, Jack? You hear the shadow's voice, don't you? You want to buy this? How much? Can we give William Atherton like an Oscar just Please. for his his whole filmography? He, he's he's amazing. I was just watching the Tim and Eric movie and he I forgot he's in that. <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> Man, he brings it then. Yeah. <laughs> if funny. you don't know William Atherton, That's I mean, funny. I always think of real genius. He's the uh he's like the the professor in that who's like in charge of the smart kids. And they like, they like, um, they pop like, you know, 40 tons of popcorn in his house at the end with the laser. <laughs> oh yeah. Right. I know him from, oh geez. Let me go back. There's a couple, I mean, he's right instantly recognizable, but I think he was in, he was, in, oh, he was in Ghostbusters. He was like the, uh, oh, yeah, Walter J hole from Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yeah. He always kind of, he always plays like a, a jerk. Yeah. It plays a, it's great too. Wow, he's in Sugarland Express. That guy goes back to seventy two. Sugarland wow. Express with Spielberg. That guy brings it, and he collects this macabre. You know, he's he was collecting a lot of photographs depicting scenes of, you know, uh, death and yeah. There's a lot of like scenes from Vietnam on his wall, but uh, when Jack Craig brings him this painting, it looked hang when, on, it looked kind of looked like Vicky Vale's portfolio. Sorry, I just had to. Oh. Put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh my God. Um, Vicky Vale. Vicky Vale. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's collecting all this like morbid artwork and Tim, uh, Tim Roth Tim. reads about it in like the, uh, the artist trades. And he's like, oh, I can sell this to uh, this freak. Yeah. And he shows up at his like, his like beautiful house in Malibu or whatever. Yeah. Brings his painting. I loved how like Tim Roth just like looks so gross. Like he was always, he always had like covered in oil paints on his hands and his, oh, his baggy jeans. Just like, he just always looked like a piece of shit. And I really, I was there for that. Totally. I'm, I'm actually glad you noticed that because I, I noticed that too. His grimy t-shirts put me Ugh. off so hard. Yeah. <laughs> it, like re in reality, you know, if you would ever see you know, like when we were kids, you would see how to like um, make your own like treasure map by dipping paper in like tea. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, did they dip his undershirts <laughs> in like black tea to get this effect of absolute grime and sweat? Look, I bet, I bet he dyed his own t-shirts. I bet he was teabagging his own shirts at home and brought them to the set. He's like, I, oh, yeah. I'm wearing these. Yeah, and the director like, oh, yeah, okay. You threw their garbage costume they made for him, like out the in the dumpster. And now yeah. I'm wearing this. It um, looks more accurate, <laughs> you see. You understand what I'm doing with this character? <laughs> God, I can totally see that happening. Yeah, he he just like his character didn't have he didn't show a lot of emotion, but. He was really good at portraying someone hiding all of their emotion. So he was just like 
Like you could tell he was like just trying to keep the demons at bay. And like sometimes the rage would bubble out, you know, when things yeah. got intense. But he always, and he had this sneer that like really personified him just like holding back. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. He, he just had this like bubbling rage underneath it all that whew, I loved watching. You're saying all the right things because you're absolutely right. I mean, this this act, this performance was really. It was too good for Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> it was. It was too good for Tales from the Crypt. But the fact that it was on Tales from the Crypt just makes me love Tales from the Crypt more. Totally. But Tim Roth really brought his essence God. to the role. He probably still th- he's probably thinking about it right now. <laughs> his role. It's, God, I killed it on Tales from the Crypt. I killed it. I'm gonna re- I'm gonna see if I can reach out to Tim Roth just so he can like give us a bumper. <laughs> hey, this is Tim Roth. You're listening to uh, Creepers Coffin from the guys of Bat and Spider. Have you ever? I know you're not. You weren't a big Led Zeppelin guy, but did you ever have the Led Zeppelin box set, like the original, like four disc one with the uh, crop circles on it? Uh, no, I've. I mean, I'm. I'm posthumously a led zeppelin guy but yeah. much later in life like mid early late 20s early 30s i got into a big I, I, i'm a fan now i think it's on in that box it's somewhere but they're they just put these like um radio promos that like some probably american radio station made led zeppelin record one time and they're <laughs> oh, just man. it's just like over and over again that that like it's probably like jimmy or robert just being like Hello, you're listening to whatever. This is Led Zeppelin. Time to get the lead out. Like just saying that joke like over and over and over again. <laughs> and you just oh, reminded me of that. Yeah, you yanks. <laughs> Tim Man. Roth, do a sounder for us, please. I know. I think Tim Roth might, you know, just bumped up. We would only use it specifically for the Crypt Keeper's Coffin. But oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. need it. Jack Craig. Oh, also his name. Jack Craig. There's a one of the EC cartoonists is named Johnny Craig, so I assume that's where they got that inspiration. Oh, okay. There's a love interest in this, played by Roya Men- McNaught Menio. Uh, she played Sharon. She, so she was like a she was in his like AA group, and she like had a thing for him, which I yeah. totally didn't believe because because of the way we just described his hygiene. <laughs> she, but she was right. just like all over him, like the sweaty artist like she just oh, yeah. wanted him bad um, she was um she was into that mystique like yeah. it was pulling her in like a black hole totally um and like yeah it, uh, like i lo- i loved her I, uh she was cool but she was she was really only there just for the ending i wished i i, I kind of wish they either like got rid of that part See, I'm like, I'm like trying to make this into a movie like that. It's not like, I want to make a movie out of this idea. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's still, you know, in the end, it's still Tales from the Crypt. So, you know, it's got this cheeky twist ending, of course. So. Yeah. We should just, should we just, yeah. So like it's, it it culminates in like, he almost, (laughs) they're having sex. (laughs) And this part is almost. I mean, actually, it's kind of believable, but he like, Tim Roth loses it mid thrust and uh, picks up his uh, (laughs) alarm clock and it looks like he's about to smash her over the head with it and kill her. Yeah. And he also hallucinates William Atherton (laughs) in place of the girl, which was (laughs) William Atherton with his shirt off laying on the bed. I loved it. 
Right. Uh, yeah, the, the jokes going around that day. Yeah. He's like, oh, I got to go do something. And he tells her to just wait, you know, but like, and I was like, run lady. Like he just almost assaulted you. Like, don't stick around. <laughs> I know. She was just like, she couldn't help herself, but be intrigued more. God, I know. I know. It's just so complicated. It's hard to not, <laughs> not stick around. Yeah. And he comes back and then they get into a fight and she runs away. Oh, she finds, she finds like his, his, uh, Polaroids of the dead people. And she's like, Oh God. Okay. Now I'm really getting out of here. Yeah. It's bad. She runs in front of a taxi and she's in the hospital. You know, it's not looking good. The doctor's like, she's got no insurance. Her family's poor. I have the specialist, you know, the best brain neurosurgeon, uh, in the state coming in. And he can fix her. He, he, he could probably do it. Um, but yeah. it's going to be expensive. And Tim Roth just raging. He's like, if you get the doctor, you do the operation. I'll get you the money. And uh, right, yeah, he runs yeah. out. And then, of course, he kills the first person he sees. And like, right. I mean, I don't know how far you knew, but as soon as I saw that guy, like, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, immediately he's, he's killing the surgeon. Good. Great. Yep. Immediately. <laughs> But it, it kind of saved itself because of that scene where he, he like smashes his head in like a weird, like, you know, I don't know. It's like a little alleyway. I don't know. Like in the parking garage of the, the hospital. And he gets out a, a piece of cardboard and a paintbrush and just starts painting a gruesome picture uh, with his blood. <laughs> yeah. It's just totally next level. <laughs> William Mayflower is going to love this. <laughs> Malcolm Mayflower. Malcolm. Oh, great name. Malcolm Mayflower. Mayflower. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's how they get, that's how he gets caught in the end. They find his brush. Um, uh, yeah, he gets the money and then he comes back and the doctor's like, some nut just caved in the, the uh, star neurosurgeon's head. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the guy that could save, could have saved her yeah. was murdered a few hours ago. It's like, oh, he's just staring. He's just staring. Stupid idiot Tim Roth. Like, don't, just like, for the sake of that maybe happening, just go, go to the, you know, the grocery store and kill someone in that parking lot. Don't do it right outside the hospital where you might kill the, the neurosurgeon. I know. Yeah. He even the looked tensest, like a doctor too. He, yeah, totally. With his uh, <laughs> collared shirt underneath of his sweater. Yeah. Briefcase. And he probably had an undershirt on under that. That's oh yeah. Three layers at least he was mm -hmm. rocking. Comes from money. <laughs> but I did, I also did love, uh, shout out to director or the DP, but that, the very last shot where Tim Roth is looking at Sharon, she, she like flatlined in her, in her room, but he's looking through the glass at her in the window and it's like slowly zooming on his face from the other side. And then the, the blind slowly close. And it just like, yeah. it was a really affecting shot. Like it was like, yeah, you know. He was unblinking, unmoved. Yeah. Maybe it was could Tim see Roth's stare. Like, yeah. That really. Oh, yeah. You talk to anybody on, on set with Tim and they talk about that stare. Oh, man. Chills down your spine. Mm-hmm. The tensest moment for me, and, you know, maybe it's, it's, a, it's a warehouse that these guys are living in. It's lofts of some, you know, dilapidated old building. So, yeah. they're, they're two, um, two, what, things cut from the same, what's that saying? Uh, cut from the same cloth. Two, two sides sales of the same cut, coin. Right, there are two sales cut from the same cloth. I'm going to say, <laughs> but the his neighbor is blasts the music. The first neighbor that dies. Yeah, 
And he opens up the dialogue, the conversation by screaming at the guy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He His turned down enraged. the music. music down he is off the handle immediately so right there you're making a choice oh yeah like yeah. because it, it could go one only one of two ways at that point the way you're sounding the other guy's going to back down or you're <laughs> it's about to escalate I to know. something physical I hate I hate those moments because most of us have been in that situation where someone is annoying you and it's and it's getting to you, you know. It's mm-hmm. just getting to you and it's all you can think about and focus and you, you you can feel like the rage in there and you're like, you know, you got to kind of decide what you're going to do with it. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah, he was just oh man. Right. Like I was scared for the, his neighbor like immediately cuz I was like He's pissed. Like he is I off his rocker. <laughs> yeah. Meaning, I mean, you could tell immediately he was so irate. Yeah. That Which made it, it all the more hilarious that he killed him by accident by knocking over his plant off his balcony. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just hitting the guy in the head and then he falls right. over. Guy gets off scot-free just by <laughs> happening to do that. I wanted to look up the song his neighbor was blasting and find out if that was a real song because I thought it was really funny and but good because mm-hmm. it was the lyrics were just like like it was just about headbanging and stuff like it seemed like a generic um, song you yeah know, made made maybe just for this but I kind of liked it. <laughs> yeah, I wanted, yeah I, it. I wanted to seek more of that out because yeah. it was it was nice nice yeah. to hear i would have i would have listened to more of it <laughs> yeah i loved i love when his landlady before he kills her she was like hey artist hey 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 why don't you uh pick us up a nice ball of entertainment while you're out huh well unless of course He's still pretending to be sober. Wow, what a line. <laughs> yeah. I like in that, in that, just that little bit, it's like they've both shared the bottle before. Like, totally. you know what I mean? It's. That's what this had. This had like little things like that that are like just great, like character details mm-hmm. that didn't, you know, they weren't like super explained. Like, you just you just heard that line. You're like, oh yeah, they're both they both suffer with alcoholism, and they you know they both drown themselves in bottles together or whatever. Yeah, and they have this like kind of sort of antagonistic relationship a little bit. But oh man, that was Larry a good Wilson one. Wilson and Stephen Larry Wilson and Stephen Dodd. Larry Wilson. They both wrote. I was looking up the writers of the screenplay. Larry Wilson is known for his work on Beetlejuice, The Adams Family, and Tales from the Crypt. He's also a TV a consultant for the Beetlejuice TV series. <laughs> wow. Man. Remember that? Did you ever watch that on Fox? Yes. Fox. Um, that. I watched that a lot. Yeah. This is a good one. I, I, I chalk it as a win. Yeah, it was good. It was really good. Much um, potential. <laughs> much potential. <laughs> Next episode. 
undertaking power. Paler? Paler. I don't. I, I know what that word mind. is. Uh, four boys find out that the local undertaker and a pharmacist are in cahoots to murder rich locals and profit from their funerals. Oh. Awesome. John Glover is <gasps> in that. Oh, man. Win already. John Glover and William Atherton, I file them in the same cabinet. They're, yeah. oh, I love John Glover. Love them. John Glover brings like energy into every, mm-hmm. every, every role. Yeah. He's the big, he's a heavy hitter. And then Aaron, Aaron Eisenberg. Graham Jarvis, he's been in um, things. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's John it's John Glover's show next episode oh, yeah. for sure. Watch out! Here comes John Glover. Oh, and we are right. Um, this episode had the Crypt Keeper with uh, a, a beret and a and a painter's palette. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and in yeah. in lieu of a, a traditional brush, he was using a a human finger on the end of a stick to paint. <laughs> His uh, beautiful, like, Jackson Pollock painting is doing. You know, I, I watched these. I, I always watch these episodes right before we record. Yeah. And I, and I make a promise to myself that I'll remember his stupid quips. I know. For the know. episode. And then as soon as I hit stop, it's all out, my, out of my brain. Yeah. Because it was definitely art-related. Yeah. I, I remember laughing at one of them. Usually I'm like, ugh. Yeah. But this one, one of them struck me funny. Uh-huh. But. Yeah, it's probably the same one because we're we're like that, Chuck. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we'll catch it next time. Yeah, we'll catch that next time. All right, Dale. Let's uh, let's move on because we got other. Uh, I don't have a good thing to say this week. We got other stuff to do. But thank you all for joining us for another episode of uh, the Crypt Keeper's Coffin. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. watercolors others prefer oils but me i prefer finger painting <laughs> <laughs>